Pfiffs ist eine Produktion des Freien Radio Göppingen e.V. Wir sind zu empfangen im Landkreis Göppingen auf 89.0, im Kabel auf 99.2 und weltweit im Internet unter radiopips.de. Verantwortlich für den Inhalt der einzelnen Sendungen sind die jeweiligen Redakteure und Moderatoren. Pfiffs und das Radio lebt. English Breakfast. Das interkulturelle Morgenmagazin auf Radio Fips. Mit Angeline Fischer. My talk today takes place at the Shelby Studios. Andor Shelby is my guest on today's program. Hungarian-born pianist and composer, stemming from a long lineage of musicians, he recalls his early years of being a child prodigy, his abrupt move to the U.S., and his great success, discussing his passion for music and teaching. oder spielen mit Perlen, ist eine Tüte, ist technical piece. Ich komme about 10 years ago. Andor Shelby, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, nice to be here. It's a pleasure to be here in your studio, perhaps for some of the listeners that might not be acquainted with some of your work, you could tell us a little bit about your background. Fine. Perhaps I should start at the beginning. I was born in Budapest, Ungarn, at the age of five. My father and my grandfather started to teach me piano. My grandfather was a very famous conductor, musician, also pianist. He also played for Kaiser Franz Josef during the Hungarian Austrian monarchy, long, long time ago. And my father was a musician and also a doctor. And they taught me music, piano, at the age five. And at the age seven, I was accepted to the Franz Liszt Music Academy as a specially talented young boy which was very, very, very special since they accepted about 1% of all the people wanted to go, all the kids wanted to go to 
Oh my goodness. So really quite a strict criteria to get into very, this very program. Good. It's a very, 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 very highly qualified and very well known music academy. In the meantime, it's called Music University Franz Liszt in Budapest. So that's where I started. And at age seven, I was accepted. Actually, in the third year, I started over there. Two years, I skipped. It was so difficult to get in, and then they already saw that you had so much talent that you skipped two years. The, the initial parents of mine, most of the other kids played a, a scale. And what did I do? I played a Hungarian folk song, and I sang to it. And it was something very special, so they took me immediately. After this moment, all those professors and teachers always have a special eye on me. Wow. And what was the experience like at this school? Oh, that's quite special. I had the best teachers you can accept in Hungary. So I had the greatest time in my life over there, I can tell you that. Age 12, I started to compose piano. This piece is very well known in Hungary. It's like a folk song. How long were you there for? I was there for about 10, 12 years till I completed the same time I attended the music conservatory in Budapest. I completed as artist and music teacher in 1955. After that, you know what happened in 56.
56 was the Hungarian Revolution, and uh, I was in the middle of it, and I escaped Hungary and uh, went to Austria. 1957, February, we, we started in Bremenhaven, yeah, and 2,000 other Hungarians with me. We were on a boat called uh, General Walker, military boat, U.S. military, and it took us 10 days to go to New York. Wow, that must have been quite dramatic. And did you leave family behind? I left the family. Mm -hmm. This was my second try to escape Hungary. First time I didn't make it. Second time I did. I made it all the way to New York. And it's. I, I should mention that on the boat, I played day and night. February was a very, very tough sea. Very, 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 very difficult. Many people got sick, except me. <laughs> and I played day and night the piano on a boat. And when we got to New York, the Statue of Liberty, we saw 2,000 hungry Hungarians, <laughs> I call them. I was one of them. Uh, I played the Hungarian National Anthem, and this was something very special for all of us. This is something you can never forget. This was first, my first experience seeing the U.S. This music that accompanied you really helped the people that were on board during those travels and, and helped yourself as well. Since you came from a musical family, it must be a theme that's continued your complete life. Definitely, yeah. Music was very important all my life, and still is very important. I think most nicest thing ever happened to me, and I believe, uh, I'm sure, I have the nicest profession you can have. Playing music, you live with it day and night. At that moment when you first saw that Statue of Liberty, what, what did that symbolize for you? This was a great moment, you can hardly explain it. You heard about this statue, you might say. You know the symbol, something special. Anybody who went to the States, lots of refugees, not with me 2000. Before that time and after that time, still a lot of people go to the States by boat too and they see the Statue of Liberty and it's a special impression, something you never forget.
what was the refugee process like for you when you arrived at the United States? I'm sure it was in some ways quite difficult. Before I got to the boat, it was already difficult in Austria, I must say. We had to, we had to go to lots of screening, all kinds of tests. It's, it was very, very difficult. And we got one dollar for a month over there, all the refugees. You can imagine how difficult it was. And uh, when we went to the States, finally I, I got to New York and they moved me to Camp Kilmer. Camp Kilmer is in New Jersey. And that's where I put all the refugees. And after that, my relatives came from New Russia and New York and they picked me up. It wasn't that very easy, but it's very, very mm -hmm. special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, that's w wonderful when you're a, a young person and then you have somebody to go to. It was a great help. Without their help, it would have been impossible, probably. Just go anywhere. It's, it's always better if you have relatives and can help you. So you're there, then you go through this refugee process in the United States. You're, at that point, what age are you? Twenty. But I didn't speak one word English. It was very difficult times for me at the beginning. And I had to just get any job. Not as a pianist, just do anything like all the other refugees. They had to just take any job at the beginning because you had problem with the language. It took me about a year, year and a half with the relatives. And in the meantime, I should mention, I had to join the U.S. Army while I was in Austria, before I got to the States, because I came to the States over a quarter. Quarter was till November or so. I moved out. I left Hungary in December. So that's how you got to the United States, was saying that you would do military service? I had to go to the military, and the military, I, about one year, they got me into U.S. Army, and that's how I got to a place called Göppingen, I believe. Göppingen. This was back in the 60s, and I stayed four years over here at the Coke barracks. And we had a military choir here. We had concerts all over South Germany. And incidentally, I met my wife over here. She's German and uh, played concerts, played soccer over here. You wouldn't believe I played soccer and handball, the German handball over here. It gave lots of concerts all over. And uh, 62, I flew back to New York, Broadway, and I swore in as U.S. citizen.
And I changed my old aristocratic name. And what I was your out. name? Perhaps you could tell us oh, what it was beforehand. Well, I have to try to translate it to German. It's called Andor von Chemnitz und von Tuholt und von Luderowa. That's very old. It's about 800 years old family history. Then I went to New York before I swore in. I went to the phone booth and picked out my name from the book, telephone oh book. That's something special. So I went to S. I used to be Shelmetsy in Hungarian, so I said S, S. I found the name S-H-E-L-B-Y, Shelby. I thought, okay, why not? So what did I do? I had a dime. I called that person and said, oh, Mr. Shelby, hi. This is a Hungarian refugee and hope to be a U.S. citizen today. And I decided to pick out an, an English name, and I am ad adopting your name, Shelby. Oh, great, he said. Congratulations. Thank you very much. So what did I do? I practiced to sign my name in the phone book. <laughs> and two hours later, I became a U.S. citizen. Then I flew back to Germany. Wow, that's an incredible story. <laughs> yeah, something special. Very special. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it happened. Uh, then after that, we left this country, left Germany, and uh, went back to the States, Florida, Fort Walton Beach, Northwest Coast, and I opened a music school, a piano studio like I have it over here in Göppingen. Okay, so you had done your military service, you met your wife here, yes, and then yes, it was yes. American citizen, that was the, the goal then, went back. We went back to the States, we had a great time. I played lots of concerts in Florida and other states in the South, even up to New York City, and all kinds of competitions, piano competitions I attended, I won several of them. And uh, that's how it happened that I won one of the most important in California. It first place international piano competition. And I got a Roger trophy, which you can see over here, among other trophies. I have about seven, eight of them here. It's a special Oscar. And this was a whole competition was run by the U.S. government from Washington, D.C. And, uh, of course, after this was done, I was invited to attend a movie made in Hollywood, 1965, with the title Taps in Blue, where they had several other talents in their different categories. Not only piano solo, but other categories, musical categories, and they made a movie over there. It took us about three or four weeks to complete this, and this movie has been shown all over the world.
Tipps. Das erste soziale Netzwerk für deine Ohren. Our guest today is the pianist and composer Andor Shelby. Originally from Hungary, I asked him what made him decide to come back to Göppingen after his very successful career in the United States. We were in Florida. Florida had lots of hurricanes. Mm -hmm. yeah. It could be about six, seven months out of each year. Oh, that's, that's really intense. Yeah. Awful. Actually, that's the reason I'm here in Göppingen. It's so unstable weather there. Unstable. They had a tornado in 67 and it destroyed 300 homes next to us. We were very lucky. I was, incidentally, that time I was in uh, Europe, in Germany, and gave concerts. And I heard by the radio that Fort Walton Beach has been destroyed, leveled by the tornado. They had tornado and a hurricane at the same time. You can imagine how excited I was. I couldn't, couldn't phone my family. I had two small kids there children and my wife and uh, I was able to talk through a military radio to my family and uh, each time when I was finished I said Roger over and then she has to talk and then that's it goes back and forth and let's just find out that about a block from us uh, the, the tornado destroyed 300 homes mm -hmm. and one One girl died, actually, that's a wonder. It's only one person died over there at that time. It's very rough for me. So I had to stop my concerts and fly back to the States as soon as possible. I did that, and uh, then I saw these awful results from these tornadoes there. So what did I do? Imagine, I, uh, we both decided, the whole family, that we'll pick up and move out. We moved to Göppingen, and, and you can say, from Winterfellweit, the wind blew me here, back to Europe. I have my roots here, my wife just the same, and that's how we came back here. And ever since the 70s, I am here in the studio at Nordring 78, Göppingen, and I'm teaching and composing.
we're here in your studio, we can also talk about some of the things that we see here. Where should we start? We have a lot of different photographs, documents, encyclopedias, information, things from abroad. You might say this is a panopticum here. You can see memorables from all over the world, starting from Hungary, back to the States, and Göppingen, and Czechoslovakia also played concerts. And from all over the places, I have something I took. Either it's a photo or some memories. That's why it's so filled up here with all these pictures and certificates and diplomas and everything else. I don't like to work in a place that would be an instrument and everything else empty. I don't like that, as yeah. you can see. When and you I draw have some, from your life. Right, mm -hmm. right. You can see my life going through all this stuff here. <laughs> and you can see that some of the trophies. Yeah, well, why don't we move over there and yeah. you can just tell us a bit about uh, some of these. Well, most of these trophies here is about 10 of them here. Most important is a Roger Trophy, the special Oscar. All the other ones are here for piano, except one here. You can see that photograph over there. I won this by a Kodak competition back in Florida, oh. Visit the South. I won the first place long, long time ago, back in the 60s. And that's why I got the trophy from them and I got some other stuff. Are you stuff still taking photographs? Oh, yeah. I love to take photographs, yeah. There's a picture yeah. of you with the piano. Where was that? This was in Florida, just before we left Florida. There with the palms. Uh, palm trees, and you can see some other pictures. Yvette Mimio and uh, another person right next yeah, to me, uh, also the Oscar, right, the movie stars. I met lots of important people while in Hollywood, Elizabeth Taylor, uh, Jack Jones, the singer. After that, he sang on the Queen Mary many, many years. And recently I sent him a email, I found him in the internet, and uh, he has also a German wife, I'm not only. <laughs> and occasionally he comes to Munich and visit Germany. So what else you can see? The pictures from the family here, my daughter, who is also a pianist, and her husband, they're both in Washington, D.C. now. Okay. He's a colonel in the Pentagon. He has over 30 years military service. Next year they're finished, and I expect them to come back to Germany, hopefully. You can see my grandchildren oh, here. Very nice. I have four grandchildren, and I have a daughter, and I have a son. Son lives here in Bartenbach. He's in social services in a school in Donsdorf. You can see a picture over here. I'm half naked here in Florida, and I'm fishing here some, some shark teeth. And you can see the shark teeth over there. You can no. see the shark teeth <laughs> over here, 160 million years old, maybe a few days more or less. And this is what I was fishing back, back in Florida and all those shells. This is also a shark teeth here. These are all memories back from Florida. And now you can see my grand piano. This is the yes, most important. Of course, the most important part of the whole room. And perhaps if you want me to, I play a few pieces for you. Oh yes, that'd be a delight. 
One is called Dreaming, which I composed back 2002. Actually, I uh, dedicated this to my wife. It's called Dreaming or Träumen auf Deutsch. very beautiful it's um wow very tender now you've had such a successful career have you throughout your career also been teaching was that always a goal of yours to teach actually i was about 15 years old i already had pupils i was teaching at a young very young age 10 11 years played all over in hungary i played concerts I composed it starting at my age 12, and as ever do since. And I always had pupils. I always had lots of fun to see how people improve themselves and get ahead. You start with nothing, and then you make something out of them. Some of them became professionals. I prepared them to go to Music Hochschule, you call them over here to Stuttgart, to Mannheim, or anywhere. And so my compositions are still used for these pupils to attend the Musikhochschule here in Germany, or just anywhere. So I'm really proud about that. It's a wonderful accomplishment to share that knowledge and to bring it forward to other generations to share that connection to music. That's great, and I should mention that I teach children starting at about age six and adults. My oldest pupil was so far over 80 years old and all ages in between. I started many, many pupils, many adults, 50, 55 years of age. How come? Lots of people told them, it's too late, you learn piano as a child. Definitely, I told them it's the best if you can. But lots of these people never could afford it. They were young, 
During the World War, after that, they were very poor. Many people had problems. Financially, they couldn't afford to have a piano lesson. So I told them, my God, why not? And I still do teach them. And they start, like I said, at 50, sometimes 40, at different ages. You can always start to learn an instrument. Most important is to have the interest. And you have to take some time and practice. It is the most important. I would say anybody can start to learn piano, for instance. A lot of people, they don't feel that they can learn an instrument later in life, that there's a psychological hurdle that they have to, to go through. And you hear that. You hear that with a lot of different arts, uh, with painting, with dance, with, with music, that it's too late for you to start. So those are really in- wonderful words to hear. That's right. And I'm certain I've been teaching over 50 years, I must say. I'll have the experience that most people have ability to learn to a certain extent. Definitely, it's better if you started as a child, but you can have always fun. It's very important these days, especially these days, what we have now, to listen to music and especially to play an instrument. I think it's very, very important. All these people work all day, or they study, go to school. In the evening, they just sit down to a piano, for instance, and relax. And then, at this moment, you're in a different world. Obviously, music has guided your whole life, has been a theme in your family. Let's say somebody that has never touched an instrument before. What do you think the benefits are of learning an instrument or getting closer to music? Very, very important. Very good question. Benefits are great. You improve, definitely improve in school. You become a better student in school. Your concentration improves. Actually, it involves your whole life, life around you when you uh, study an instrument especially if you take it seriously. It certainly helps all your life. I'm, I'm certain of that. So something that you can also always go to, for instance, if you're going through a difficult time. Yes, many people have problems. You know life is not always fun. You have sad moments, you have funny moments, anything, just normal. Music is just the same. But you can always return return to music and, like I said, try to be in a different world, try to just sit down and play yourself if you can, it's better if you can, (laughs) and just pick out a a piece which make you relax. I think it's very important for these people, just anybody. not to be excited all the time, and they have different times. And like, like I said, sometimes I dream of music. So much involved, daytime that I just can't just turn off. When you go to sleep, turn off, okay, no more music. Sometimes I practice my own pieces during my, uh, my bedtime, so to say. Play one more now. It's called Rhapsody, which I composed about 15 years ago.
Bravo. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. <sighs> You've composed, and you're still composing today. What is that process like for you? How does it take place? Are there any specific steps that are involved, or how does it come to you? Yeah, that's a, a good question too. How did it happen here? It happened while I was very young, of course. And uh, while I was in university, I studied the Music Academy Franz Liszt. I already started to do some very easy, small pieces to compose them. I was quite successful doing that. Actually, I, I had several pieces I composed back in the States. And something bad thing happened before we came back to Germany. Most of my pieces which I composed in the States got lost in an aeroplane. Oh, that's a big loss Lug all that time. A half a luggage was lost and I was so disappointed that I couldn't do anything, any composing for about 20 years. So oh I, my. So I, I started about 20 years ago and I have about three books which was put out by a, a German verlag. Actually, it's a, a, a Greek publisher next to uh, Karlsruhe, called Maxwell, JMK publisher, and they published three books, like I said, several pieces, mainly lyrical style, which I composed and still do. Given the repertoire that you have, Perhaps some listeners might be a little bit intimidated, first of all, when thinking about approaching you for a lesson. What levels do you have of students? From the very beginning, most of them know nothing and stay with me 10 to 12 years, sometimes more. That sounds like an attest that people feel very comfortable with having you as a teacher. Definitely. And uh, maybe I should mention how I start these people. I uh, make an appointment for them and we meet over here in my studio and I make a small test. If I never played any piano before, any instrument, I make a small test. It takes about 10-15 minutes. Then I can decide uh, if I am able to take them. Most of, most of the time is no problem at all. Many times people call me up. Good Abend, Shelby. The was costed the clavistunde. I don't like that question. Of course, you have to pay for your lesson, definitely. But before I talk about money, like I said, I like to get them over here to the studio, get to know each other, get acquainted. And like I said, let me test them a few minutes, and then we can decide if they want to come to me or if I'm able to take them. And then we can always talk about money, but this time to come to me, this interview doesn't cost anybody anything. It's gratis, you might say. You have a chance to see what the goals are, the chemistry, and if it's a fit. It's very important because it has to be between two families or two persons. It's a very important point, especially in my case, since, like I said, if I take some of these pupils, I, I accept them, then I work with them for many, many years. And then it's not the same. If, if the chemistry doesn't work, then it's, it's not too good. And, and uh, motivation is also very important, by the way. I have quite success, and I prepared many of these young people to go to the music 
Hochschule in Europe, in Germany, in the States, in the U.S., just the same. I prepared people for them. And many of my pupils became professionals, worldwide, you can say. That's a wonderful accomplishment, having Thank people you. that can continue and actually choose that as their profession. That, that's really wonderful gift you're giving to the world. It's been an honor to be here yeah. in your studio and to really experience some of the music and the history behind all that you do. Of course, you're still very active with teaching and right, composing right. here. Thank you so much for joining us at English Breakfast. Thank you for your time. It was great to be with you. Our hour has quickly come to an end. In closing, if you would like to find out more information about Andor Shelby, please feel free to look on our website and follow the links. In closing, here's another song played by Andor Shelby called Autumn Leaves. Until the next time. <laughs>